2: Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mike Heck here for MMAFighting.com, reacting to some very big news on this Wednesday, January 26th, 2022. We have ourselves a UFC lightweight title fight. May 7th, UFC 274, Charles Oliveira will defend his title against Justin Gaethje. Now, we knew this fight was coming. It wasn't a matter of if, it was just a matter of when. And the when is May 7th officially, per Dana White, telling the broadcast partner, ESPN, we have also confirmed this ourselves. Gaethje coming off an MMA fighting fight of the year victory over Michael Chandler at UFC 268. Oliveira coming off his first successful title defense, submitting Dustin Poirier at UFC 274. And joining me in this reaction are my good buddies and colleagues, Sean Alshadi Alexander Kaylee. Sean, look, this fight is awesome. Everybody knows it's awesome. But very few can paint word pictures like you can. So go ahead and paint one right now, sir. We got Oliveira, Gaethje, lightweight title, and go.
1: Oh, boy, man. I mean, Jesus Christ, you like violence. This is what it is, man. This this is it, right? Like, this is, we have been waiting for this one, and this was sort of like, we knew this was coming. It's one of those fights where you know it's coming, but the moment it is booked, you get that little jolt. Get those goosebumps, those chicken skin, as uh, somebody had mentioned on the broadcast. The other, I think, Bizbang or somebody on the broadcast, which is a weird way to describe that. But I absolutely love this fight. I will say the announcement is a tiny bit bittersweet to me, just because I thought the idea of having it in Brazil would have been so cool. That would have been such a nice moment. We, the UFC hasn't been back to Brazil since the pandemic began. You look at this card. Obviously, Glover Teixeira is on this as well with against Yuri Borshchikov getting the chance to have this sort of homecoming for Charles Oliveira of coming back after he he defies the odds again and again. He's now the man, and it's in undisputed. He, there's no chance that anybody's saying Dustin Poirier is a lightweight champ or anything like that. Getting him and, and Glover on a Brazil card and get, letting them get that hero's welcome back home would have been really cool. But still, the, the fact that this is happening at all, I absolutely love it. We have an active lightweight champion, my man. When's the last time we've been been able to say that? Like, this division is moving again. It's fantastic. It's my opinion still. I know everybody loves bantamweights, but in my opinion, this is still the best division in the whole damn sport, and these two men are psychos. I mean, we just had Justin Gaethje over the weekend say he was bored by his fight against Michael Chandler, that he didn't like the fight against Michael Chandler, which won pretty much every fight of the year award in the history of... (laughs) <laughs> of, you know, all these awards <laughs> last year. So I absolutely love it. I can't wait. Uh, th- I My only, you know, it's it's in May. Why is it in May? Why does it have to be so far away? Let's do this next month. Come on.
2: This is why you went first. See, you painted the word picture. You set AK up perfectly. Stockton and Malone time. So AK, obviously the fight to make, especially now that we knew that Islam Makachev and Benil Dariush are going to do the damn thing on February 26th. So you assume the next guy will be coming out of that fight. So, like Sean said, this division is starting to move forward. Title implications for all these fights. We now know they have something to fight towards. Your thoughts now that this first lightweight title fight of 2022 is now official?
0: Yeah, it, it is It is uh, kind of nice to know we have a fight so far ahead of time. I know uh, fans these days are more accustomed to getting it like two months ahead of time at mo- and even then you have fans kind of going like oh my gosh why are they announcing it now there's, there's so much can go wrong so uh, i guess we have to have cautious optimism here uh oddly i kind of had the same feeling about the like the mvp fight over in belt mvp's next fight with uh with amasov which is also in may so i don't know i think it's a good thing promotions are announcing these things so far ahead of time but uh I, again, I get it. A lot of people are probably going like, man, what are the chances that, that this fight stays together and nothing goes wrong and, and everything plays out as I was supposed to? But again, let us be positive. Let us be optimistic. And just, I mean, the fact that this, this fight has been booked, it has been put out into the, the MMA ether is wonderful. I mean, the math alone is staggering. And you guys know I love rules and I also <laughs> love basic math and <laughs> not complicated math. That's <laughs> another thing. Uh, uh, Charles Oliveira. Most finishes in UFC history, most submissions, obviously. I think 15 submissions, a uh, uh, numerous bonuses. Justin Gaethje would probably have the most UFC bonuses if he had been with the UFC longer. He has 10, I think, and he's only fought in the UFC nine times. So he he is still averaging he's <laughs> more more technically more than one bonus per appearance, slightly more than one bonus. And now you throw these guys in there together. I don't think it's, it's the fight everyone wanted to. There's no drama around the negotiations. When when uh, the, the Poirier and Oliveira business was resolved, everyone was saying, it's just Gaethje. E- even, even Dana White in a rare moment of post-fight, you know, immediate kind of post-fight matchmaking was like, yeah, yeah, Gaethje, Gaethje's the next guy. Again, you have Makachev, you have Benil Darius, you have, as Shaheen said, it is just a loaded division. you you know have guys coming. Who knows, Fazeev might just smoke RDA and then we're going, oh, man gotta give ziva a tele shot sometime for the end of the year but right now the one that we have in front of us it has fight of the year uh you know a candidate written all over it or, or a possible submission of the year or a knockout of the year depending who wins it, it's just it's just what we watch it's what we watch mma for and uh you know the ufc's had a really already had a, two great title fights well i would say one great title fight moreno figueredo uh, uh three and a fascinating uh, title fight with Ngannou and gone. so that's a great uh,
1: title fight don't be don't I think be it was for me well said. I don't want to speak for everyone
0: I can tell you there's a strong segment of the MMA fan base that did not enjoy that fight I'm not part of them I I, I thought
1: it was fascinating well, there's a strong segment of the MMA fan base who's been telling me that Ngannou is a boring champion so it's just like <laughs> I think there's a strong segment of the fan base who are morons if we're being honest I well, love say- you guys just I- saying I do
0: feel confident speaking for the fan base now and saying 98% is excited for this fight because if you can't be, you're probably not a reasonable member of the MMA fan base. I don't want to
1: meet those 2%. (laughs) I don't (laughs) trust those 2%. (laughs) I will say too, let me just jump in quickly. uh, Mike. One thing too that this booking does for us is it really lets us know. It just kind of gives us that reassurance that there's not going to be any shenanigans, that there's not going to be a fugazi, title fight coming up that Why we're not going to hold this belt on the shelf that? until like July for one Conor McGregor. I'm just saying like this, this is the, the notice that we got, right? Like this division is not coming back. It's not being, it is coming back. It's not being put on hold for this guy with this nebulous timeline. And I understand Charles after, you know, that last title fence saying, Hey, if, if Connor wants to jump the line, go for it. I get it. He wants the money. He wants the big fight, but we got the right fight. And that's all that matters.
0: You are playing with so much fire right now. We are, we are, (laughs) we are like three months away now from, from uh, God forbid, one of these guys getting injured and Conor McGregor stepping in as a late replacement. We we are playing with so much fire right now.
1: Hey, that's fine. If he wants to do that, if he wants to step in in May as a late replacement, more power to him. I don't know how he could potentially do that with his injury and how long it takes to recover from that. But I'm just saying, as long as this belt isn't on the shelf for like August, or like July or something, and just just to artificially delay it even longer to wait for him. That's
2: all. Yeah, maybe maybe Connor will take some motivation from Francis Ganu defending his title on one leg. Maybe he can jump in on one leg himself. Who knows? But I'll tell you my thoughts. my My initial thought was I knew we would get this announcement this week. I knew we would get this announcement today. I knew we would get it today. The timing is perfect. Dana White's getting ready to do a fan Q&A with Laura Senko, and the UFC is thinking to themselves, how can we make sure (laughs) that we don't get 500 Francis and Ganu questions from the fans? Let's announce the best title fight we can announce. But that was my initial thought on the whole thing, Sean. They could have announced this next week. They could have announced it two weeks from now. They could have announced it at UFC 271, February 12th. It's not that far away. But they chose today to announce this fight. The timing just seems so interesting, right? PR 101, Sean, it just seems like we're trying to take our focus off of one thing and put it on something a lot more exciting.
1: Mike Heck, you couldn't be suggesting the the something shiny corollary right now, are you? (laughs) The the, Hey, here, look at this dazzling, glimmering thing, everybody. Don't pay attention to what's going on over on the left. That's not what you're saying, right? (laughs) Cynical. (laughs) Cynical, Mike. How dare they? They couldn't do that to us.
2: It was funny. I was talking to uh, to a friend of ours, Marcel Dorf, and he was like, oh, what do you think is going to happen today? I'm like, they're going to announce Justin Gaethje versus Charles Oliveira. And he goes, no way. I'm like, I'm telling you right now, they're going to announce that fight today. And I got the laughing emoji from him as soon as that report came out from, from Brett Akimoto. So, A.K. Charles Oliveira, the number one ranked fighter, much earned in MMA Fighting's global rankings at 155 pounds. Which might mean more than the belt itself, if we're actually being honest here, but Opening lines right now, A.K. Oliveira, the minus-155 favorite, the comeback on Justin Gaethje, plus-135. I feel like this is the type of line that Charles Oliveira deserves because he didn't get this kind of respect heading into the Dustin Poirier fight. Your thoughts on the lines? Did Vegas get this one right, at least on the early stages before the money starts coming in? Yeah, definitely. Look, Jiu-Jitsu is back. All right, we've
0: seen (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu. It's back, it's real. Forget what Derek Lewis says and some other people say it. it is real. Okay, Glover to just won with 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 the 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 gentle art. Okay. We just saw that he became UFC champion with the gentle art. Uh Oliveira, of course, has shown a lot of striking as well. But but at, at, at the at the base of it is man, that just that next level grappling that I think nobody else at one fifty five has. Um and I think people are kind of looking at the at the Habib uh, gaethji fight and thinking that uh, if Oliveira can get him down, we know Gaethji can be submitted. Uh, and, and certainly, uh, once he gets down there again, he doesn't have the takedown game of, of Nurmagomedov. But once he gets down there, or once he takes your back, standing even, uh, you're a goner. It's over. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of respect there for the champ. Poirier was viewed probably as his biggest challenge. I, there's a lot of respect for Gate. You said Gaethji's only, what, plus one? Plus 135. 135, so barely an underdog. Um, so there's still respect uh, the other way. But I think... Uh, I think it's opened with uh, Oliveira as a minor favorite. I think it'll stay that way. I think it'll move. I think it'll move further in his direction, but I don't think it gets anywhere near like minus two hundred or anything like that. I think around like minus one hundred and fifty is is the right is the right spot that it should be at.
2: Sean, are you concerned that because Charles Oliveira is fighting Justin Gaethje, we know how just maniacal Justin Gaethje is when that when that bell rings and the fight starts and that cage door locks behind him. Are we actually going to hear this narrative that? He's going to make Charles Oliveira quit in this fight. That Charles is not durable. That Charles can't take a beating. Because I swear to God, if I hear this narrative heading into There's this no fight, way. I'm going to be so upset. I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> There's no way, right? Like, you have to think we're done with this.
1: That that died that died in December when we just saw what we saw against Dustin Poirier like this is two fights in a row now where Charles Oliveira has shown us what he is made of he is not that guy anymore and anybody who's still using that tired native narrative whether it's Justin engage or somebody in the media I just don't want to hear it I'm right there with you I will say though I am pretty surprised that Justin is the underdog for some reason it just felt like people were gonna continue at least to some degree sleeping on Charles Oliveira and just not believing in him purely because of what you just mentioned. The the way these title fights go, every single time we see this guy out there, it's as if he's two seconds away from losing every fight he's in until he just magically wins, and it's just the craziest thing we've ever seen. I, that's a hard thing to do on Justin Gaethje, man. Like Justin Gaethje of anybody in this lightweight division, once he smells blood, that fight's over. Like he's not letting up. He's not making the mistake that anybody else is making. Like he is going to finish that fight if, it, if there's an opportunity to finish it. I'm a little surprised that Charles Oliveira is actually getting the respect that he's that he you know has earned that he deserves. Like you said, he is the number one lightweight in the world in the MMA fighting rankings, the most important rankings in the entire MMA space. It took him a long time to get there. None of us believed in him except for AK. He was the only person on the whole team. You're darn right. <laughs> But, hey, that's scoreboard for AK. But he, he, it's just its one of those things that nobody believes in us team, right? You always talk hear Bill Simmons talk about that nobody believes in his team. Charles Oliveira was the nobody believes in his champion. Now he's the everybody believes in his champion. That's a different dynamic to go into a fight, right? Like Charles Oliveira thrives as the underdog. Once everybody's expecting him to win, that is a much different dynamic to just go into to hear the, the type of conversation around you, the questions you hear, everything around it. I'm curious to see how he handles that because being the everybody believes in his champion is much, much more difficult, it feels like, than being the nobody believes in his champion.
2: That is a really excellent point right there, especially the way he he beat Dustin Poirier and the doubts and how he answered a lot of those questions. So let's have some fun here, gentlemen. We're running out of time, but I know we're four months away and we're going to put out this positive juju. So AK, what's your gut telling you? Early pick. We can change by the time this fight happens. We have a preview show before May 7th, but what's your gut telling you? What's the early selection? Are you going with and still or and new with Justin Gaethje? Of course, I'm riding And still, I look, I've I've, I've, I've gone with
0: the Dill Bronx train this far. I'm not jumping off now. I think he wins by submission. Uh, I, I in my mind, obviously, it's hard for me to shake the Poirier fight. So I see it being similar to that. But Poirier and Gaethje are different fighters. So I'll go like third round. First round would be stunning. If he could submit uh, Justin Gaethje in the first round, that'd be stunning. But I do think we see a submission. I do think we see it in the third round. And I'll give you a bold prediction, Mike, I'm gonna look further ahead. This is the first fight of what will become the story that brings Khabib Nurmagomedov out of retirement. Whoa. I have said this this is not new for me. I have said this on various shows that what what would it take to bring Nurmagic uh, Habib back? And it wasn't Charles Oliveira at the time. I said someone has to rattle off like four or five straight like dominant title defenses and just clear out the division again. And, and I think he would think about it. Uh, this was also before, of course, his plans to sort of expand Eagle FC into the United States. So he's kind of all in on that. And now I think most people would imagine that if he were to come out of retirement, it would be for his own promotion. So this is a bit of a more difficult uh, kind of story to forecast now but i do i i have always thought so he beats uh let's say he beats uh KG. uh he fights makachev makachev beats dariush he fights makachev he beats makachev that's yeah, khabib's buddy right that's that's the 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 proxy khabib that's everyone's saying the neck khabib he beats him maybe he sneaks in another uh, fight with mcgregor before the end of the year that'd be amazing or just another title defense because it's top five top 10 uh lightweight and then by 2023 you start hearing those rumblings about khabib uh wanting to come back and reclaim his lightweight supremacy maybe, maybe have he fights for eagle fc first maybe he comes up maybe he, that's how he, he uh gets a reti- uh, out of retirement going like takes a fight wins a fight eagle fc and then says i'm thinking
1: actually. that's even a possibility that he can't fight for eagle fc i'm almost confident that he still has a ufc contract
0: okay well then well anyway that goes better with what i'm building anyway so that's even less complicated so <laughs> 2020 2023 he, we start hearing rumbling or at least people ask him hey Oliveira, four or five straight tail defenses submitting all these guys some people are saying he's the dominant lightweight champ maybe the greatest lightweight ever and I think I, this is a fight I wanted to see before Habib retired I was a little heartbroken when he walked away because I did want to see him fight Oliveira at some point so part of me still thinks that it could happen uh, not this year obviously but Habib is still young I think could still dominate what everyone in the lightweight division maybe even including Oliveira, depending who you ask so let's see. Let's, I, I, I want to see it proven. Olivera uh, has got a lot, of, a lot of work to do to earn that fight, though. But I'm starting to think it's possible.
2: All right. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping wow. these rumblings happen in 2023 because we're just a year removed from Dana White's decision on ABC saying, tune in because I'm going to give you an update on Habib. And it was nothing. It <laughs> oh, was literally weird. nothing. Oh so I, I don't want to go through this whole thing again. That's but I, I like where your head's at, AK. I like where your head's at. Shaw. what's your gut telling you right now?
1: I love it. I, I, I I'm all in. I sign up for, for what AK is laying out here. That <laughs> let's get a beat back. I I, don't, I that seems crazy that anybody would talk about Charles as the greatest lightweight ever. That does it. That feels like we're like seven wins away from that even being a conversation, but everybody is so knee jerk in this sport. You never know. Uh, I just have to say, I am so looking forward to this event. This event might be my most anticipated event now in, in 2022, just the combo of, of those two title fights, Glover, Yuri, Charles, Justin, like that's so good. And so you're asking for an early prediction. I predict lots of pain for Brazil on this night. I really do. I think Yuri is the best lightweight in the world, light heavyweight in the world. I think he's going to take it. And I think Justin, I just believe in him, man. I just believe in Justin. And maybe this is more fuel to the fire for Charles. Maybe this is what he needs to be back to the nobody believes in this champion. Go ahead and and post this on on your social media, Charles, and put this up on your wall on the billboard material. I think you're going to lose. I think Justin's going to win this one, too. I'm just saying, I've been, I've I've seen this man for the entirety of his career. He's an Arizona guy. I went to all of those early WSOF fights. I have seen the progression that this man has made. And if Habib Nurmagomedov did not exist, I think Justin would be in the middle of a pretty lengthy title reign at this point. He feels to me like the best lightweight in the world outside of maybe Islam. Because that Islam is obviously that question mark that we don't know how good Islam is yet. I just feel like Justin gets it done. And he, again, he's not going to let this go. If it is a close, if it's a, a finish is near, he's not losing that finish like that. He's finding what he needs to get. it done. Uh, it's early. Maybe I'll change my mind, but I'm just saying Charles Oliveira. There's your billboard material,
2: my man. I think Justin's going to beat you. I'm going to give you some billboard material. Brazil. You're going to walk out May 7th with two still champions because Glover's oh. going to win and Charles Oliveira's going to win. How about that? <laughs> I'm sticking. You've on the been on Glover, Glover. You
1: have been on Glover. I say you're consistent.
2: And our own Jed Mishu has said into a live microphone, "You have me thinking about it. I might be changing. I might be jumping on Team Glover." And he was definitely first Team Yuri Barashka. So we'll see what happens. But I feel I think I think Glover just needs to take him down once, and he'll win. Just one takedown, he'll win the fight. And Yuri's got ways to win. He's a scary dude. But Glover just needs one takedown, and I don't think the fight's going to last much longer than that. So there we go. The, the first-team all-violence main co-main event maybe the best one in UFC history. UFC 274. Justin Gaethje will challenge Charles Oliveira for the lightweight title. Yuri Perhashka, who is heading to fight ready pretty soon to train with that team of Henry Cejudo and Captain Eric and Eddie Cha. Yuri's going to fight ready to get ready to challenge Glover Teixeira for the light-heavyweight title. Should be a fun card on May 7th. So there's our reaction That card will continue to build. We'll let you know as soon as we find out where this card will actually take place. It's going to be somewhere in the United States and not Brazil. So for Sean, for AK, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.